Padres are fun. Everything about the San Diego Padres is fun. Everything that they're doing, the team that they're building, the team that they're committed to keeping at Petco Park is fun. But man, that subject. Here comes that subject again. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates, which I offer up every Monday through Friday morning. I also have daily shots of Steelers and Penguins if you're into football and or hockey. The Padres continue to make waves, even though they're in a division with the billion-dollar Dodgers, whose payroll engulfs everyone else's many, many times over. San Diego continues to build off the wonderful young core that they have as they continue to commit not just to filling holes around them with free agents, some of them medium-priced, but some of them pretty high-priced. But this past weekend, they signed Fernando Tatis Jr., who just might be the new face of baseball at 22 years old, to a 14-year, $340 million contract. I'm going to say it again because I just heard your jaw drop to the floor. 14 years, $340 million. Uh, he's 22. He wasn't even eligible for arbitration. They approached him and his agent and said, we understand that this is a special talent, a special personality. We understand as an organization that we can make money off of him by having him wear our uniform and representing San Diego and selling tickets to one of the prettiest ballparks in America. So this is going to be a mutually beneficial thing. Good for San Diego management. No, this isn't headed where you might want it to, which is, why don't the Pirates do this? Look, they're going to have to someday. Someday, whether it's Kebrian Hayes or someone else who comes along, they're going to be tested like this. And when that comes along, believe me, I'll be bringing it up with gusto. But today, today, I'm just annoyed. And I probably shouldn't be. There's some ESPN producer who works with Mike Greenberg. I never heard this name before in my life. Paul, uh, and I apologize, I'm not uh, mispronouncing his name on purpose if I mess it up, Hembikides. I I certainly have enough experience with people butchering my name, so I wouldn't do it to anyone else on purpose. Paul Hembikides, he tweeted yesterday, Fernando Tatis Jr., playing the next 14 years in the country's number 27 media market on the West Coast is an objectively bad thing for baseball. Can I repeat that for you? Good. Fernando Tatis Jr., playing the next 14 years in the country's number 27 media market on the West Coast is an objectively bad thing for baseball. I don't have to remind anyone that... ESPN is based in Bristol, Connecticut, which is basically a glorified New York suburb, uh, as is a lot of Connecticut. And as such, 
This is their worldview. This is the New York worldview as it applies to baseball. I'm positive that's the, that it's the ESPN worldview of baseball. How many times have I made the point here and in my writings that this is how they think? This is how these people think. Because baseball is this way in New York, then everything is fine. And if there's a really good player or a great player somewhere else, it's only a matter of time until due process is served and that player winds up in New York or in L.A. or wherever. Now, this clown throwing in the West Coast is is weird. I mean, that that's like that that sentiment is fifty or sixty years outdated. But suggesting that Fernando Tatis Jr. playing in the country's number twenty-seven media market is an objectively bad thing for baseball ignores only everything. Everything, everything about this is wrong. Do I have to bring up Aaron Rodgers? Do I have to? I, I, I do that all the time, but I'm going to do it again. Aaron Rodgers has performed his entire career in the equivalent, in the professional sports equivalent of a village, Green Bay, which is like three times the size of Monroeville and has just as many McDonald's. Green Bay, where the skyline is Lambeau Field. Green Bay, where the TV market, the ratings wouldn't amount to a thing. But somehow, somehow, Aaron Rodgers is a global superstar. Just like Brett Favre was before him. Just like Reggie White was before him. Why? Because more people are interested in football around the country because more teams have a chance. Therefore, more games that are televised are more compelling. And you don't have a network like, oh, say ESPN, that feels compelled every Sunday night to show Yankees versus Red Sox. Yankees versus Red Sox. Because that's just the natural order of things, to quote another baseball writer, another national baseball writer recently, uh, Buster Olney, when he was referring to uh, the Red Sox spending uh, to keep a certain player. That that's the natural order of things. Ken Rosenthal recently wrote when the Mets started spending that the Mets are big market bullies again, as if this was a good thing, as if this was something for baseball to celebrate, that there are big market bullies. Yay, Mets, way to go. Yay, New York. This is how these people think. And unfortunately, because New York in particular is the home to most national media, I'm not talking about sports necessarily, but just in general. That city has a way outsized influence on the national discussion. 
That's just how it is. That's how it's been forever. And even people here in Pittsburgh, where we've seen the exact opposite of what's good and what's bad for baseball, we fall for it. More people fall for this crap than don't around here. They believe this national narrative that uh, if only those owners in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Milwaukee and wherever else would spend more money and stop being such cheapskates, everything would be okay with baseball. They never tell you what the revenue disparities are. They never in those discussions say that the Dodgers' local television contract pays like a gazillion times more than what the Pirates get from AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. They never tell you that. They don't throw that in because it's so much easier, especially in today's climate, to just say something. Just say it. People will believe it. And people do. People fall for it. Well, and I bring up salary cap. Someone brings up salary floor. Well, what's really needed is a salary floor. So that what? So that the... Owners of the franchises in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Tampa and wherever will spend from their personal money because no owner anywhere in professional sports does that. You can't name one. You know why? Because one doesn't exist. But again, they say it, and therefore it must be true. And clowns like this say that Fernando Tatis being in San Diego is a bad thing for baseball. And I went through that thread. There was some agreement there. Oh, yeah, sure, he should be a Yankee. Absolutely, he should be with the Mets. He should be with the Dodgers. This is ridiculous. Why is he playing in San Diego? Why did he commit to San Diego? It's going to hurt him. It's crazy. We can just say anything. We can say anything. And a certain percentage of people fall for it, believe it. And there's no sport in North America where greater lies like this are told than baseball. Man, that's kind of a problem. When we come back, just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Open for business. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's Just One Question comes from Phil, who says, I hear a lot about how the Pirates need to be like the Rays to compete, and seeing how Tampa was just in the World Series and almost won it, this sounds great, but I also see that Tampa just traded their best pitcher, that of course being Blake Snell, who signed through 2023 at a reasonable rate right after going to the World Series. Is there another way to be good like the Rays without having to trade off our best players? Or is this just something I'll have to find a way to get used to? Phil, the easy answer is a salary cap. I mean, the salary cap 
covers everything. And then you're, you're, you're putting the Rays in a position like everybody else where uh, not only can they spend up to the cap range, which is always right around $20 million, meaning the top and the bottom in all sports, but they would have the extended revenue sharing to be able to do so, and then they could change their model. Um, that's it. <laughs> I mean, there's there's not much else to say. You can you can suggest that the Rays could hang on to Snell for another three years, like you said, at a reasonable rate. But then they run the very very real risk. I, I shouldn't even call it a risk. It's a it's a certainty that Snell's value will only dip with each passing year. So what they do is they they trade Snell at his absolute maximum value for absolute maximum return, and they keep the cycle churning. And they work toward another opportunity to compete with the Yankees and the other teams uh, in the American League that are spending a ton. That's it. And then even then, if they make it to the World Series they're going to run into the one team that's spending a quarter of a billion dollars on payroll and lose to them, which is what happened. The Rays are run smarter than any team, I'd argue, in all of sports. Given the circumstances, given the unfair foundation of baseball, the Rays are the, just the, the class of the class when it comes to making great decisions. I still wouldn't have taken Snell out if I'm Kevin Cash, so let's leave that one on the side. But the Rays don't look to work within the system. They don't look to uh, be better than the Yankees and the Red Sox are at what the Yankees and the Red Sox do. They're working, they're striving, and they're succeeding in beating the system. Because that's what they have to do. The system isn't there for you to just be as good as whoever. This, this system is so inherently unfair that it requires you to play a different game. If you want a good Pittsburgh comparison, go back to the opening of PNC Park when everyone was super excited. This beautiful, this jewel has, 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 has opened in our city and everyone's picturing sellout crowds from now till the end of time. And Kevin McClatchy goes and starts spending actual money. They commit $60 million to Jason Kendall, big contract for Kevin Young, uh, Brian Giles, uh, Aramis Ramirez before he had to get dumped. Uh, Pat Mears got a lot of money. Derek Bell, you could go on here, the list. But they thought naively that, oh, yeah, we can play this game too. Look at us. We have a ballpark. Yeah. And then they realized that they couldn't because it's about TV money. It's about TV money. They couldn't compete. And then they had to pull off the most embarrassing trade in the city's history to try to address nine-figure debt, meaning, of course, the dumping of Ramirez to the Cubs. You can't play that game. You got to play a different game. So many fans around here attach the concept of commitment, real commitment to, I want to see this player stay here in Pittsburgh forever and ever and ever. That happens 
only in cap leagues. And the only reason that it ever happened to the Pirates in the distant past, and I'm talking, you know, Stargell, Clemente, those guys, is because back then players weren't making any money at all. So there might as well have been a, you know, a, a vicious cap system. Clemente, in, in a decade into his career in Pittsburgh, after he'd won the MVP, was living out of an apartment in Green Tree. That's the reason he stayed his whole career. Can you imagine the free agent market for Roberto Clemente today? Today? Can you imagine the money he'd get? Fernando Tatis's $340 million would have gotten a little bit of a push, don't you think? It's a different game. It's a different game. It's broken. It's broken. And the only way to beat this system, this broken system, is to, you know, beat it. I appreciate the question, Phil. I appreciate everybody listening to this show uh, all week, as well as uh, the kind words that we get about it and any positive reviews that you can leave for the show uh, on your platforms, whether that's Apple, Spotify, and so forth, really make a big difference for us. I know you might think that they don't, like it's just some superficial thing, but it helps you with the search rankings and other things that get uh, more eardrums tuned into what we're doing here. Uh, I'll talk to you again on Monday from Bradenton, by the way. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.